the Eddie B. Sit edition of the Talmud Babli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot sirurah b'sur rachayim. Amen. Daf Dalid. Today's daf is being studied. Ilui nishmat acham baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tanihem began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously in honor of Rav David Katz. Of Katz Judaica. The Gemara begins here. We're going to start on Gimal Amud Bet, which is Halachat Dalid at the Mishnah. And the Gemara and the Mishnah begins. Afalpi she'amru en memashkenim nashim va'abadim uktanim. Even though we learned earlier that we do not extract the machasita shekel from ladies, from abadin, that would be in Ebed Kena'ani, nor do we extract it from minors, because really they're not obligated in machasita shekel, so therefore we would not extract it. Abal, in shaklu mekabelin miyadan. However, if on their own will they came and want to give a machasita shekel, we can accept it from them. Ve'anokhri, that would be the Gentile. Ve'akuti, now the Kuti were a group of people that the king Shalman Eser, who was the king of Aram, after the Jews were exiled out of Eretz Israel, the ten tribes, so in the area of Shomron there was desolation, there was no Jews. So he came and took these people that came originally from a place called Kuta, and he moved them into this region in Shomron, which is in Eretz Israel. They were called Kutim. There's a big machlok in the Gemara, which we're going to see, where these kutim uh, uh, considered uh, Jewish, meaning legal converts or not, because eventually they converted. Now, why did they convert? So there's a whole story behind them, because uh, as a result of them living in Eretz Israel, and they were not following any of the laws, so God sent lions, and they came out of the wilderness, and the lions started to attack them. As a result, the Kutim got very scared. They felt that God was punishing them because they're not following the law, so they converted to Judaism. So some say, though, the conversion was really out of fear, and therefore they're called Gereh Alayot. They're the converts that were inspired from the lions, and therefore that's not really a legitimate convert. And some say, no, they were really Gereh Emit, that they really converted to the, tr- to, the tr- to the true way. And we'll see in the Gemara exactly that, the Nafkamina, between if you hold that they were uh, Gereh Arayot or Gereh Emit. In any event, the Mishnah says, Hanukhri, Ve'akuti, the Gentile, or the Kuti, Shashaklu, that they want to give the Shekel towards the Bet HaMikdash, and Mekabelin Mehem. We are not allowed to accept it from them. Now, in the first Deen of the Mishnah, where we talked about accepting a uh, Shekel from Nashim, Abadim, and Ketanim, and if they want to give it on their own will, we can accept it. So the Hadush is that you don't suspect that maybe they're not giving it over wholeheartedly. Because if they don't give it over wholeheartedly, that means it's not going to be part of the Nedarav, the Sibur. 
Then already the Sibur's funds are going to have in it private donations. And that's a problem. So the Hadush of the Mishnah is that even though they're not obligated, when they give it over, you could assume that they're giving it over for the Sibur, and therefore all the <coughs> funds that are in the Kiri are considered uh, public funding. However, when it comes to the Nukhri and the Kuti, there is a Pasuk that says, Umiyad ben Nechar lo takrivu et lechem elohechem mikol ele. That you're not allowed to accept uh, from the uh, Goim as well as the Kutim as we're going to see. That's the Pasuk. Now, the En Mekabelim Yadam, furthermore, we don't accept from them Kine Zavin, the Kine Zavot, the Kine Yoldot. Now, there's three people that after their Tahara uh, process, they have to bring <coughs> birds to the Beta Megdash. These birds are called Kanim. Now, that's a Zav, that's a man that had an emission from his body. After his purification, he brings the Kanim. You have a Zava, that would be a lady, that she saw for three, <coughs> three times. Or a Yoledit, that's a lady that gave birth, and after she gives birth, she has to bring the Kanim. So the Mishnah is telling us that we do not accept from Goyim, <coughs> or from Kutim, these type of Korbanot. And again, the Gemara will explain this <coughs> at length. The Hataot, the Ashamot. Nor do we accept from Goyim, Korban Hatat or Korban Asham. Now, what's a case where Goyim would be Hayav Korban Hatat? So, for example, let's say <coughs> he worships Avodah Zarah Bishogig. Goy is Hayav on Avodah Zarah. So, if he worships Avodah Zarah, which is one of his laws Bishogig, you might think that he can bring a Qurban Hattat to atone for the sin. He cannot. Nor can he bring a Qurban Asham. What would be a case of a Qurban Asham? Let's say you have a Goy that somebody uh, claims that um, the Goy owes him money. And the Goy made a Shivwa. <coughs> he swore and denied that he owes the money. After he made the Shivwa, he then admits that he does owe the money. So what he did was he swore in God's name falsely. So in this case, normally a person would bring a Qurban Asham. So the Hadush is that the Goyim, we don't accept a, not a Hatat, nor do we accept a Qurban <coughs> Asham. Comes the Gemara now, the Mishnah gives a rule. Zehakelal. This is the general rule of the Mishnah. Kol shenidar v'nidav mekabelin miyadam. Anything that can be vowed or donated, we can accept from the uh, goyim. Which means if it's possible to make a neder uh, or a nedaba, for example, korban shelamim. Yeah, you can donate them or you can make a neder. Or for that matter, let's say, the um, aitzim. The wood for the uh, Bet HaMikdash. These things could be donated. Mm-hmm. That therefore, anything that can be vowed, mm-hmm. sorry, korban, or donated, we accept it from the goyim. Mm-hmm. But if it cannot be not nidar, not vowed, nor donated, we do not accept, meaning, for example, like we said, a korban hatat. Korban hatat cannot be donated or vowed. It's, you bring it because you have to bring it. Or, for example, like a korban asham. So those type of korban are not accepted, but other korbanot that are vowed or uh, donated can be. Furthermore, we have a beferush pasuk. And the pasuk of Ezra that teaches us that the kutim cannot have any part in the construction of the Beit HaMikdash. How? Shne'emar, 
לא לכם ולנו לבנות בית לאלוהינו. As Lord Sofer said, it's not for us and you, meaning we cannot be your partners <coughs> while it comes to building the bed, Hamikdash. Now let's read the Taklin Hatim so far on the Mishnah. The Taklin Hatim would be three lines from the bottom. Mekabelin <coughs> Yadan. So that was the first part of the Mishnah where we said women, for example, if they want to give half a shekel, we can accept it. So long as they give it to the Sibur wholeheartedly. Because we don't want the public Qurban to be brought from a private donation. That's the idea of that part. Okay, that's the, the turtle doves and the Beneyona. That's also the Yonim that were brought for... Uh, the Azav, Zava, and the Yodot. Nidar v'nidab. Anything that is vowed uh, 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 or donated. For example, like a korban. Mekabalim b'yadam. Now, how do we know that we can accept korbanot from the goyim? Detanya. Ish, ish. Lerabot et anukhrim. From the fact that it says ish, ish, ki korban. The double ish concludes that we can even accept from goyim. Shinodrim nidarim v'nidavot ki Yisrael. Fine. And anything that's not vowed or donated for the Mizbayah. Even though, let's say, uh, it can be donated to the Beit HaMikdash for the funds. For example, let's say uh, an item uh, that's um, um, money. Right? So money, it's not Nidar V'Nidav. I mean, you don't make a Nidar and a daba on money for the Mizbayah. However, you can make a neder and a daba for the funding of the Beit Hamikdash. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You do not accept it from okay. them. When the kutim wanted to help the Bnei Yisrael build the second Beit Hamikdash, and they said, ah. We want to build with you because we serve the same God that you do. And Ezra said, No, sir, you cannot be part of us. So that's the first part of our uh, Mishnah. Now we go to the next part. Now we discuss a very important uh, subject of the Mishnah, the subject of Kalbon. What is Kalbon? Well, we all know that there's the Mahzita Shekel. And everybody has to give, whoever's obligated has to give the Hefe Shekel to the uh, Bet HaMikdash, right, on a yearly basis. However, a Kalbon is an added fee that they would attach to the uh, Hefe Shekel. Now, there's a great Mahloket, what the purpose of this Kalbon was. Why do you have to pay more than a Hefe Shekel? It's a premium that you're paying above the Hefe Shekel. What's the logic? So the Gabbara is going to tell us it's actually a Mahloket between Rabbi Meir and Hachamim. Rabbi Meir holds that when Borei Olam uh, told Moshe Rabbeinu that the Jews have to give a half a shekel, he showed them a shekel of fire. It was a miracle. He showed them a shekel of fire and he told them, that they should give a shekel like this. Now, a shekel of fire would represent a shekel that's purified without any impurities. And it has to be exactly like this. So the Bimir says, Minat Torah, 
we want to make sure that we're giving the proper shiur to right. the shekel. We don't want it to be less, less than the shiur that we're obligated. Like the Torah was a perfect shekel, the shekel. So therefore, he says, with the shekel, you have to also give kalbon, mm-hmm. meaning an extra premium just to make sure that it is perfect. That means every single person, when he gives us half a shekel, it's half a shekel plus kalbon. And the Mishnah is going to tell us what that shiur of kalbon is, how much it is. However, they say no. Minat Torah, half a shekel is half a shekel. That's the flat rate. The kalbon, however, was really a premium that you're just paying midrabanan to the money exchanger in order to change and make change for the shekel. Now, even if you're not giving it to a money exchange, if you're giving it straight to the Benta Mikdash, but since you would have given it to a money exchange if he had changed it for you, so therefore they collected extra for the Benta Kabayit, for the Benta Mikdash. For example, the fellow comes with exact change, he will not have to pay kalbon according to Hakamim. Right. Because there's no, there's, no, there's no premium for any money changes over. He's giving you the exact change. But let's say, like the Mishnah is going to tell us, uh, two guys come along and they take a selah. A selah in the olden days was considered two half shekels, was in a selah. So now when they're giving the selah, so technically the selah will cover both, uh, both guys over here, will cover the you for, you know, the two people. But in that case over there, Hakamim required that a kalbon is played. A, a, a kalbon is paid. Meaning a premium is paid to the Benta Mikdash, even though uh, he's giving it to him, you know, for two people. But they say you have to pay a little extra just for one of them, you have to pay, uh, not for one of them, really, for the, for, the, for the transaction, I should say. You have to pay the selah plus a uh, kalbon, which would be like a transaction fee for the, uh, for, the, uh, for, the, um, for the money changer. Now, the logic is like this. During the time of the, during the time of, during the time of the shekalim collections, the hefe shekel coin had a little extra value. Because it was a you know a, 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 a coin that was in need, so the value of oh. the hefe shekel it was a little uh, in a little extra like in its that. price, oh, and therefore Commodity if a person has an exact change, so he's giving hefe shekel has a certain value. Now when you're giving the selah, no. so now the selah it's less than two hefe shekels, so therefore that extra premium they call the kalbon. Mm-hmm. Kalbon literally means uh, kal ben meaning the small difference between, uh, between a selah and two half shekels. Okay. So therefore, when they would give it like that, in order to make a, a standard fee, we didn't want the guys that are paying half a shekel to pay one price, and the guys that are paying a selah to pay a cheaper price. Yeah. So therefore, by adding the kalbon, it's like they were able to even it out, so everybody's paying the same uh, shi'ur. That's basically the shita of the hakamim. So now, the Gemara, the Mishnah will discuss the deen of kalbon. And the Mishnah says, "Ve'elu shehayavin bekalbon." The following people are hayav to add the extra fee to the shekel: Leviim, ve'Yisraelim, ve'Gerim, ve'Abadim, mishuhrarim. Basically, anybody that's hayav in machzita shekel has to pay the kalbon. Aval lo kohanim. But not Kohanim. Ooh. Now even though we learned the quote of Yohanan ben Zakai, that Kohanim indeed are Hayav, however, since we learned as well that we don't mimashkin from them, we don't take a, the exact payment from them because of Derech Kavod, like we learned in yesterday's da'af, so the rabbis were also lenient that when it comes to the extra Kalbon, we don't take from Kohanim. Now, V'nashim v'avadim v'ktanim. 
Now, when it comes to Nashim, Avadim, Kitanim, since they're not obligated at all in Ma'asita Shekel, so their half a Shekel that they're giving voluntarily, that's enough profit. You don't have to charge them the extra Kalmon, which means whatever they're giving us is going to be a profit to the Bet Hamikdash. Now, the Mishnah continues. Hashokel al Yede Kohen, al Yede Haisha, al Yede Eved. Which is, this is a person over here that he's going to pay not only for himself, but he also pays on behalf of a Kohen, or let's say a Isha, or an Eved, or a Katah, for example. He gives a Selah to the uh, Bet HaMikdash, right? He said, this is for me, and this is for the Kohen. So they exempt him from the Kalbon. Again, why? Like we learned, since the Kohen, either we don't extract payment, or the other people we said they're totally exempt. So the fact that already we're getting an extra half a shekel, that's already enough. We don't charge an extra kalbon. You might have thought that maybe once he's bringing it, so now already for his half, he's got to pay the kalbon. No, when he gives a selah and he has the other half for one of these people, there's no kalbon payment. Now, the imshakal al-yadoh. However, if he just went, him and his friends went partners, and they took a selah, and they went to give it to the Bet HaMikdash, they have to pay one extra kalbon on the transaction. So comes the Gemara Mishnah says, Bet Bet Kalbonot. He says you have to pay two. Because the Bimir says, for each half shekel, there is its own shrewd of Kalbon. So therefore, we'll say in that case over there, when you give the sale, you have to make it as if it's two half shekels, and therefore each one has to pay a, his own uh, added premium. Now, Hanoten Sela Venotel Shekel. Now, a person gives a sale. Now, we said a sale in the older days was considered two half shekels. Right? That's. So he gives a selah and takes back a shekel. Now a shekel in the olden days was equivalent to the half a shekel of the Torah. So he gave a selah, so you guys can change. He takes back a shekel, change. Hayab shne kolbonot. On that transaction is hayab two kolbonot. Now, there's a mahluk in the Gemara which we're going to see. Is this going according to the Bimi'ir or according to Hakamim? The way you would understand it according to Hakamim is... Is here you have two transaction fees. Right. Because first, you're giving a selah, okay. right? And then, he's tr- tr- he's converting that, mm-hmm. and then he's giving you back a half a shekel. <clears throat> so therefore, you have to pay two fees. Number one, because you didn't pay in the standard coin, and then the fact that he had to make change and give you back a half a shekel, so that's also, they get you coming and going. They get you on the selah, and they get you on the giving back. That would be if you're learning it according to the hakamim. <clears throat> Or we could say that it's specifically going like the Bimi'i, like the Gebara will explain. So we'll wait for the Gebara to go back to this specific case. Now let's say a person is paying the shekel, half a shekel, for an ani. Meaning, uh, he's going to pay for him. Now ani's high up to give him half a shekel. Let's have a generous guy who says, you know what, I'll pick up the tab, not only for myself, but I'm paying the selah for me and for the ani. Or even his neighbor. It's not an Ani. Not even his neighbor, but even somebody that's from his city, Patur. 
Tachamim, they wave the added kalbon if somebody is paying for somebody else. Meaning, only when you're paying for yourself, that's when you have to pay kalbon. Mm. However, if I give a selah, and half that money is going for somebody else, meaning I'm picking up the tab for the ani, the shakhir, or the benayir, there is no deen of kalbon. V'im hilvan hayav. Oh, however, if I lent it to him, which means if that Ani's paying me back, so if it's only a loan, so if it's considered as he paid it, therefore the Kalbon is paid. Now, the Mishnah is going to give you a case like this now. Before we, before we uh, read this last uh, case of the Mishnah, I actually want to read... Yeah, that was a case where they're both paying... This case over here is where he's paying for Havero. There's two cases. There's a case where two guys come together and they're partners in the Selah. Yeah. So in that case over they have to pay a Kalbon. Here he's paying for his friend. Yeah. Meaning his friend is not going to pay him back. Meaning he's giving it to him as a Matana. When you're giving it to as a Matana, there is no Kalbon. Now before we get to the end of this Mishnah, I'd like to read the Taklin Hatin. Now the Taklin Hatin is on the Amud Bet. Because this Mishnah really is broken up no. into different parts. Okay. So we'll read it. It's Taklina Hatin and the Amud Bed. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down where it says Matlitin. Dalar Amud Bed. Ve'elu Hayabin Bekalbon. Ki kol Adam Sarik Later Bahasita Shekel. Vashekel and Iskar Batorah, who Shukurin Be Mishnah Sela, Shushne Hatsaeshikalim. Good, he's giving you conversions now. The Selah of the Mishnah is two half shekels of the Torah. Right, they used to give halves. So in the Lashon of the Mishnah, the half shekel coin is called a shekel. Right? Now, when a guy would give a Selah, and he'd have to make change for two hatsa'in, hayu notnim matbaya ketana, v'nikla kalben. So they would have to give, with the conversion, a little extra coin, and the taklin hatin says the name of that coin was called a kalben. So that's the name of the coin. Kilomar, davar kal shemosifin be'ad ha'iluf. A little extra premium that they're paying for the conversion. Good. Aba lo koanim nashim. Right, these people are exempt from Sheikh and therefore they patur from Kalbon. As well as the Kohen, we explain, you know, he's Hayab, but we don't mimashken from them. And since we don't exact from them, we also lean in the Gabedi Kalbon. Now, has Shokel al Yedek Kohen, al Yedek Isha, she Shokel Sel Shalem. Right, he gives the Beit Hamikdash a full selah al yedek kohen veisha. Right, meaning it's for half for him and half for the kohen, or half for him and half for the isha. The beshokel al yedek kohen asi shekel lekel filushe. When just giving a half a shekel for the kohen, they don't have to tell me that. The imken afidu beshokel al yedek atzmat si shekel nami patur mekalbon. Even if he would give it himself, he's patur. The kohen certainly, if somebody else is giving it to him, he's going to be patur. The tarakal kedem mifarish kaman ina me beshokel al yedo va yedek kohen. Good. In any event, that's the understanding of that case. Look at the next teklin. Al yado v'al yedei havero da'inu shiestem shekel echad shalem b'yachad, which means they have 
you know, one coin and their pies. We know them can be yahad nektesh. Hayab be kalbon yahad. She kol ahad yaslik letter hati shekel. Right, because each one really had to give a half a shekel. We know them nektesh kalbon chuslikim no sif bad achiluv, which is really. Each one over here had to give half a shekel over here on their own. So since they're giving now a one large coin, so they have to add to the coin the change. Because normally if they were giving it on their own, they would have to pay a fee to get the change. But here since they're doing it together, so that fee is not paid. But they you know you have to add the transaction fee into the kalbon. Right, one. You add one transaction fee. Now the bimir a bit kalbonot, but for this bigamara. Good. Now we get to the last case of the Mishnah. We go back to our Mishnah. And again, all, again, all these cases will be reviewed again in the Gemara. We're just learning it in the Mishnah. The last case in the Mishnah is as follows. We know there's a deen of Ma'asir Behema. What is Ma'asir Behema? Mm-hmm. A person, let's say, has a uh, flock of animals, animals that are born to him. Every tenth animal he has to take to Yerushalayim, and he puts part of it as a Qurban, and the rest of it he eats. Meaning Ma'asir Behema, the owner's eat it in Yerushalayim. Now, the deen is that um, if the deen of Ma'asir Bema is only on individuals, however, if people are partners in a certain animal, there is no deen of Ma'asir Bema. They learn this from Gezerat HaKatuf. This is Pesukim. An individual that owns an animal, he has to give every tenth one, he brings it to Yerushalayim. Partners on animals are exempt from Ma'asir Bema. So the Mishnah is going to give us a rule like this. Whenever somebody, brothers for example, brothers, are going to be patur from Maaser Behema, meaning because they are shutafim, their partners, then they'll be obligated in Kalbon. Meaning, if they come along as partners, and they come and give a coin for both of them, so then the Hayav in Kalbon. They're just like two guys that are called partners and want to give a selah for the uh, Hegdesh. However, in any case where brothers are not go, are going to be Hayab and Maser, that means they're not considered partners, and therefore they Hayab in Maser, they're going to be patud in Kalbon. Meaning like this. Let's say the father inherited them uh, an estate. Right? But they did not yet split the estate up yet and split it amongst them. Okay? So therefore, they're not considered partners yet in the animals that were bequeathed to them. So therefore, these animals over here are not considered partnership. Each brother is still hayav now to give his ma'asir on his personal behemoth uh, that he has. They didn't go partners after. If they went partners after, then of course they're going to be patur and everything. But as long as they didn't go partners, they're going to be hayav in their own ma'asir. However, they're going to be patur in kalbon. And the Gemara is going to explain why they're going to be patur in Kalbon. Because it's going to be considered still the father's estate. And since it's still considered the father's estate, it's like a case where a fellow gives shekel for himself and a matana for somebody else. So it's like the father's giving the kalbon, I'm sorry, the father's giving the half shekel for all the children. He's picking up the tab. Now we learn when somebody picks up the tab for ma'azid shekel, so there's no kalbon. So therefore the Mishnah reads like this. We'll read it inside. Now, we read the Mishnah, it starts like this. Ha'achim ha'shutafim. Ah, you have brothers that indeed are partners. She'hayavim be'kalbon. Now they hayav in kalbon. You have two partners, two brothers come to the bedroom, they throw a selah, they got to pay the kalbon. Peturin me'ma'asir behema. 
but they'll be patur from maaser behema because they're partners. However, the, the converse will be in a case where there's going to be patur. I'm sorry, with the hayad maaser, I mean, there's no partnership. Piturim in a kalbon, because it's going to be considered as if the fathers, because the inheritance didn't get to them yet. So if the inheritance didn't get to them, it's like the fathers picking yeah. up the tab and it's gifted to them, and therefore they are patur. Yeah. Now the last part of the Mishnah is the kamahu kalbon. All right, what is the shiur of a kalbon? So the Mishnah says it's machloket. Ma'achesef, the word be meir. Vachamim omrim, chatsi ma'a. What Achamim come along and say is, it is hefa ma'a. Now, what does this uh, translate to? So, according to Hakamim, the kalbon is a hefa ma'a, which would be 124th of a machatsita shekel. Whereas according to the Bimi'ir, it would be 112th of a machatsita shekel. That is the conversion. Now, when we go to the Taklin Hadin, just on this part of the Mishnah, correct? It's Matnitin, it's right towards the bottom. Towards the bottom of the... Hashokel al Yede'ani. Hashokel Sela Shalem al Yede'ani. A person is picking up the tab for a poor man. Uben Iro, or let's say somebody from the city Patun Mekalbon. Keban Shim Loaya no ten lahem, Gamem Loesiga Yadam Liten. Which means if he wouldn't have picked up the tape for them, they probably weren't giving. Because either they don't have or they're not interested. So you don't got to charge the kalbon because bottom line, the ikdesh is happy. They're getting this half a shekel that they weren't expecting to get at all. Now, Okay, that's the... Um, Okay, that's a, a side point. Ha'achim ha'shutfim, the Gemara mefaresh. Okay, the Gemara will explain the story of the Ha'achim ha'shutafim. The Gemara begins. Afalpi she'amru. Now, we said at the beginning of our Mishnah, that even though these people are peturim, for example, a katan, we said he's patur, but if he comes on his own to give the ma'azit shekel, we accept it from him. So the Gemara says, Halit bawa in tub'in. But it's master in this Mishnah that you can't claim it from him. Meaning he's only coming on his own to give it. But you can't claim it. So the Gemara says, But we learned in the previous Mishnah that when it comes to Kitanim, you're actually able to be Tovei them. You're actually able to claim. And now it's master in the Mishnah that you can't Tovei them. You can't claim from them. They just bring it. On their own. How do you reconcile this? So the Gemara answers, Kan b'shehevi bet se'arot, ve'kan b'shelohevi bet se'arot. In the previous Mishnah that we said, you could be toveya the katan, it's so bad because he reached the age of maturity. We brought bet se'arot. So then already he could even be toveya. Our Mishnah is talking about a real katan, that he did not even reach to se'arot. Therefore you cannot be toveya. But if he comes on his own to give the hefesheket, you can accept it from him. So that's the haluk between the two Mishnah. When you can be toveya, and when you can't be toveya. Comes the Gemara continues. Hanukhri vakuti. 
So we said in the Mishnah that the Gentile and the Kuti, we do not accept from them Shekalim. And for that matter, the Mishnah went on to say that we do not accept from them the Korbanot, of the Kinim, of the birds, of the Zav, the Zavah, etc. Comes again what it says, Amar Rabbi Ba. Rabbi Ba says, Tipater, we can interpret our Mishnah, Keman de Amar Kuti Kenukhri. Mm-hmm. You must say that Amishnah is following the shita that says the kuti is like a goy. Because we have a machloket, is a kuti like a goy, meaning is its conversion not legitimate, or is oh, conversion yeah. legitimate? From the fact that Amishnah is telling you that we don't accept shekalim from them, nor do we accept their korbanot, right. so it must be a treating a kuti like a goy. So the Biba wants to say that Amishnah is a proof like the shita that says a kuti is like a goy. Because there is a mahlukit. Kuti kenukhri, devre rabbi. That's the opinion of rabbi. Rabban Shemom Gamliel Omer, Kuti ke Yisrael lechol davar. So Amishnah obviously is going like shitat rabbi, that a kuti is like a goy, and therefore we do not accept his korbanot. Comes the Gebra and says, Amar Rav Le'azar. Rav Le'azar said, Matnitin benochrim. Now, really, I can tell you, our Mishnah is even going like Rabban Shemom and Gamliel. That holds that what Kutim are really like Israel. Yeah, but if Kutim are like Israel, then why did you tell me that you cannot accept their Korbanot? Because he says our Mishnah is going according to the understanding that Tumat Nochrim, meaning whose Korbanot don't we accept? When it says you don't accept the kanim, the birds of a zav, a zavav, or yoledet, that means of a goy. However, of a kuti, you can't accept. Ha kutim, lo. Which means, but when it comes to kutim, no. Amishnah wasn't talking about that. Meaning, really, we can't accept the korbanot of kutim. And that part of the Mishnah that talked about the birds, that specifically was talking about goyim. Cannot. And which is proof? Vitani, because we learned in a Mishnah, Ken. And so, Adam, it says in the Pasuk, the Bible Bene Israel Bamatalim Adam Kiyakrid Mikem Korbano. So uh, the rabbi of Azar learns from this Mishnah. What does it say? Adam Lirabot Tagirim. The fact that it says Adam it comes to include even converts. Mikem from you, now Mikem comes to exclude. From you, implying not all of you. Leotzi et amumarim. Amumar will be somebody that is a a rebel, somebody that let's say does not accept upon himself uh, uh, the mitzvot, or accepts upon himself, let's say avodah and therefore mikem. But amumar, we do not accept his korban. Now comes the Gemara, so therefore Rabbi Lazar wants to say that our Mishnah is going like Rashbag. That what? That even that the Kuti really were legitimate, they're considered Ki Yisrael, and that when it says you don't accept the Kurmanot, that wasn't talking about Kutim. That was talking about Nukhrim. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, wait, Matnitin Paligi Al Rabbi Lazar. How can you say that? Our Mishnah itself is contradictory to what he's saying. Why? Because it says, "En mekabelim yadam kane zavim bezavot kane yoldot." Says we cannot accept korbanot, meaning the birds, from these people. Vechi yesh kane zavim bezavot benochrim, which means how can you tell me that's about nochrim? Is a goy have tumat zava? 
Does a goy have to ma'zav or tum'at yoledet that they bring a korban? Isn't it obvious when the Mishnah said that you don't accept the bird korban? It must be talking about kutim. It cannot be referring to nukhrim. After all, nukhrim, they're not part of this subject at all. And therefore, what the Mishnah must mean is what? That when it talked about, we don't accept the kari, must be talking about kutim. And why don't we accept it from them? Because must be we hold like Rabbi that says, the kutim have a deen of a nukhri. And therefore, we're asking a question against Rabbi El-Hazar. And therefore, technically, the Mishnah would be read like this. The first part of the Mishnah would say, we don't accept shekalim, not from goyim, nukhrim, and not from kutim. Then, we get to the second part of the Mishnah, which talks about the birds. That's specifically talking about kutim. And then we get to the last part of the Mishnah, that says that anything that's nidar and nidav, we accept from goyim. And everything that's not Nidar and Nidab, we don't accept. So therefore the style of the Mishnah comes out according to the way we're learning is, you started with Nukhrim and Kutim. Then you went just to Kutim, and then you go back to Nukhrim. Now the Gemara is, finds that a problem. Why? The Gemara says, Elaresha b'Nukhrim, Vesefa b'Kutim, meaning... When the Mishnah started off, it told us very clearly that we don't accept Shekalim, not from Nukhrim and Kutim. Nukhrim obviously was the, the main point of the Mishnah, mm-hmm. and Kutim is the secondary point. That's the way the Mephashim understand it, that by the fact that the Mishnah puts Nukhrim first, mm-hmm. means the Ikar Hadush of the Mishnah is Nukhrim, and Kutim is second. Then when you get to the second part of the Mishnah, it talks about the birds. You jump to Kutim, meaning you leave the primary part to talk about the Kutim. That's a little strange. And then you go back to Nukhrim, because that's the only way you can understand it according to the opinion of, um, not Rabbi Azar, according to Rabbi Ba. According to Rabbi Ba, that understands that the Mishnah is going, according to the opinion says the Kutim are like Goim. So therefore, you're going to have to say that what? That the first part of the Mishnah that said we don't accept Shekalim is from anybody. Not Nukhrim and not from the Kutim. When it comes to the Kanim, you have to say it's only talking about Kutim. Because there's no, there's no, not, not a Shela that we're going to accept birds from Goim. The Goim don't have Zab and Zava and all that. But the Kutim, they did follow the laws of Zab and Zava. But the point is, since they're not legitimate, we're not going to accept their Korban. So it's just a little strange to get what I want to say. How the Mishnah starts off with both and then goes to... Goes to Kutim alone, and then goes back to Nukhrim. So the Gemara says, yes, Ken. Yes, it is, it, it is true. Well, if you want to read the right, Kine. Yes, it is true. Resha b'Nukhrim v'Sefa b'Kutim. Yes, you have no choice to learn like that. The Resha the Mishnah is talking about Nukhrim, and then we went only to Kutim. Even though it's a little Dohak, but we have no choice. So it basically comes out, we're concluding that our Mishnah is of the opinion that the Kutim were not considered Gere Emet. And that's why the Hadush of the Mishnah is to tell us we do not accept their bird, Korban, after they were Zab, Zaba, or a Yoledet. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar Rabbi Yohanan. Meaning, in the inception, Meaning, when we're collecting to build the Beit HaMikdash, in its inception, and the Kabbalim Mehem, 
we cannot accept from the goyim lo davar mesuyam ve lo davar she'en mesuyam. We cannot accept from them any type of donation. Not something that is defined or something that is not defined. Meaning, if they just want to give us a certain amount of money, that's called eno mesuyam. They're not donating a certain item. So, we don't accept that as well. But, e- but as, as furthermore, we don't accept from them a designated item. For example, there was a certain um, thing that was on the roof of the Bet HaMikdash. It was called the Kalya Orev. It was a certain spiked uh, area on the roof in order to shoo away the crows, the birds. Oh, so let's yeah. say a goy would come along and say, I want to donate the Kalya uh, Orev. We tell them, no, 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 no. When it comes to building the Bet HaMikdash, we don't accept any donations from them. Not just... Arbitrary number, or if they want to dedicate a specific item. The reason is because we're concerned about their motives. Could be the green, they want to get their hand in the donations, so then they can come along and have claims on us, and then stop the construction. Because then they'll say, listen, we also donated to Beth Megdash. And then they'll use their power of donation to try to hold us up and not let us finish the construction of the Beth Megdash. So therefore we don't accept any donations going in when we're constructing. That's Betahila. Ubisoft, however, once the Beth Megdash is up already, so now we're not concerned for them wielding any power of slowing us down in the construction. So So we can accept from them something that is not defined. Now the reason of that is because it would be like a Hilul Hashem. We don't want the Goyim coming along and saying, Yeah, I donated this, this item. And I donated this specific item. It would not be kavod to the Bitta Megdash for such a... Um, such a donation. However, if it's just an arbitrary number, there would not be a uh, problem. If you look at the Taklin uh, Hatin, it's in the second column, second line. Amar of Yohanan Betahila. Betahila Tabinyan. Maybe they're trying to weaken us by giving the donation in order to then put a halt on the construction. First of all, it's a genai. It's just not nice. And secondly, we don't want the Gleeb to come along and say, look, uh, look what I donated towards the Beta Megdash. That's a reason. Kegon Amakal Ya'orev. For example, that would be like the Amakal Ya'orev. Besheenu Mesuyam Afilu Mayim Umelach. Enu Mesuyam would be if they want to donate water or salt. So after the construction of the Beta Megdash, yes. But before, no. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Amar ben Betchila ben Besof em Kabeli mehem lo davar mesuyam velo davar sheenu mesuyam. You never accept an edabah from the goyim. Not before the construction, not after the construction, not mesuyam, not enu mesuyam. So comes the Gemara and says, Matnita paligi al Rabbi Yohanan. We have a blaita that seems is arguing on Rabbi Yohanan. Why? Because it says. En mekabelim mehem hegdesh venedava lebedek habayit. Says we're not allowed to accept from the goyim hegdesh uh, a donation for the bedek habayit. Now, from the fact that the brayta just said a donation, it's mashma any sort of donation. 
What do you mean? According to the Yohanan, the Yohanan said you're allowed to accept from them something that's not misuyam. So the Gemara says, easy answer. Patar le ben betchila ben besof ubelvad davar misuyam. So I can explain that that bride that had said you can't accept the donation was talking, whether it's in the beginning or whether it was at the end after the building was up, but it's specifically talking about the Lal Misuyam. So the Lal Misuyam, Rabbi Yohanan agrees, you can never accept. No. When did Rabbi Yohanan say you can accept? It's after no. the construction, Dabar, Sheno Misuyam. So therefore, the, that Braita is not a question according to uh, Rabbi Yohanan. We skip the parentheses, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon ben Akish Amar, ben Bithila, ben Besof, em kavlim em lo davar misuyam. You never accept anything from the goyim. Matnita paligi al Rabbi Shimon ben Akish. Our Mishnah is actually problematic to Rabbi Shimon ben Akish. Why? Detani, because we learned in our Mishnah. Hakol shavin. Everybody agrees. Shen nodrin v'nidarin. What do these words mean? Nodrin means they could make a neder, a pledge to the Beit Hamikdash. For example, they're able to say erki alai, my value is on me. Whatever my worth is, or demi alai, whatever my worth is, I should say, I'm going to donate to the Beit Hamikdash. That would be called uh, nodrin. And nidarin, nidarin is that others are able to make them donate. What would that be? So look at the, uh, look at the taklin hatin. Hakol shavin shenodrin v'nidarin. Mishnai be'irchin. Okay, it's a mishnah in the second irchin. Ul'anyan irchin benuchrin peligihatam rabbi meir rabbi yuda. So Mahlokit, does a goy have an erich? Can a goy come along and say, my value should be donated to the Beit HaMikdash? Now when they say erichin, there's a certain set standard in the Torah, if it's a male or a female, certain age, that's a set standard. So does a Mahlokit, does a goy have an erich? However, but everybody agrees, whether you hold they have an erich or not, everybody agrees, shenodrin v'nidarin, ubchol gavna da'ayri matnitin, im betchilaha, which means it's coming along to say that a goy is able to donate his value. Mm-hmm. Meaning, let's say, how much can he fetch on the market? How much is he worth? That's considered demi, demi alai, my money. Now from this Mishnah, what is it saying? He could donate his money, his value. Now if he could donate his value, it doesn't tell us whether it's at the beginning, whether it's the end, whether it's misuyam, whether it's not misuyam. Well, according to the Bishwam and Lakish, it doesn't matter. Because at any point, a goy should never be allowed to donate any of his money. Now, uh, what does it mean, Nidarin? Uh, Nidarin would mean if a Jew would say, Let's say a Jew would say, I am going to pay to the Beit HaMikdash the value of the goy. So therefore, that also is considered a Nidarin. But that's not the question, because that's the Jew. No, that's nidarin. They can be the cause of the Jew to give the donation. Good, but that's the Jew giving the donation. But the the first part of the Mishnah is problematic. Because it's saying they themselves can give their value. Hey, the Bishra Manakish, we can never accept a donation from a goy, not at any point. So comes the Gibran and says, 
patar la, he will uh, answer it, meaning the way he'll answer the shlakish, uh-huh. and he'll say what? It's talking about ola. It's talking about a korban ola, which means it wasn't talking about money. It was talking about korban. And what? Which means even though we have a mahloket, if a goy has an erich, however, everybody agrees that if he wants to make a nedir, to donate a korban to the Beta Mikdash, we accept it. Because we have a rule that Goim can bring the Darim to the Beta Mikdash like a Yisrael. And therefore, therefore, this has got nothing to do with Beta Kabayit. Mm-hmm. This is not going to the treasury. This is going over here to the um, to the uh, to the Mizbeach. Yeah. So the Gibbana says, hold it. Niha Nodrin Ola. Okay. I can understand you telling me they can make a neder for a korban. However, nidarin ola? What does nidarin ola mean? Which means when the second part says that if a Yisrael, if a Yisrael is going to be which means what does it mean nidarin? Can a Yisrael obligate a goy to bring a korban, which in Didarin sounds like Abba. others can Abba. cause him. I guess you want to bring in there on yourself, boy. But Nidarin, can others obligate the goy to bring a nid? That word Nidarin will not fit with the words Ola. So the Gebra explains, no. Gebra says, Ela kishamar Yisrael hare alay Ola. We're talking about a case where let's say the Jew was walking and he said, you know what, I'm going to bring in Ola. The Shaman Nukhri. And the Goy heard what the Jew said. The Amar, Masha Amar Zeh Alai. He says, what he said, I'm going to bring. That's what Nidarin means. Not that the Jew obligates the Goy, but the Goy himself obligated himself based on something that the Jew said. But what's the point over here? The point over here is it's not talking about a monetary donation. Monetary donations we don't accept at any time, at any in any way. What was this talking about over there? This is talking about a Korban. That what? That even though we don't accept Erech of a Goy, but... Everybody agrees they can make a dead of a korban. Ola. And the darim would mean that if the Jew happened to say, I'm bringing an ola, and a goy heard him, he could say also what? Whatever he said to bring, I'm also obligating myself. So that would be the answer to that question. Comes the Gemara and says, wait, we're not finished. The enomivi, okay, well that text actually we have to take out. The enomivi aymone sachim. Is not the right text. We have to read it like this. Mm-hmm. Now let's say when the Goy brings us Qurban Ola. Mm-hmm. Now he has to bring with it wine. Mm-hmm. Right? Nisachim is the wine that they pour in the Mizbaya. So the Gebara says, let's say he didn't bring Nisachim. Okay. Okay, so what's the deen? After he can come back and give us the Nisachim. Now, it's too late. We cannot put this Nisachim anymore on the Mizbeah. So what does the Beit HaMikdash do? It takes the Nisachim, it sells them, and it uses the money for Beit HaMikdash. For the Beit HaMikdash. Oh, we're back to the question. Mishtakish, how could you say 
that we don't accept donations, we are accepting donations. The case where they didn't bring the Nisachin, mm-hmm. and they bring it after, we're going to accept it from them, and we're going to use the money from the Nisachin to go purchase something for the Beit HaMikdash. So comes out, even according to Yudish, like that allows them to bring a Korban Ola, you are allowing them in, in certain scenarios to donate something to the Beit HaMikdash. In the case that they were late on the Nisachin, I right, didn't bring the Nisachim at the right time. So what's the deen? Do we say pass? No, we say let them bring it later. <coughs> Take Nisachim from them. Could you pour it on the Mizvaya? No, it's too late. And now what do you do? Sell it and use the money for something for the Beit HaMikdash. And it says clearly, Umotar Nisachim lo nechlisharet in nun. Jeez, doesn't the extra Nisachim go to buy klisharet? Doesn't it go used to buy the special vessels of the Beit HaMikdash? Nimsa mevi davar misuyam. Which means, now it comes out that they're bringing something that's misuyam, or maybe enu misuyam. There's different ways of understanding. The point is, something is being spent over here by the goyim to the Beit HaMikdash. Either way, according to Shakish, you have a question. So comes the Gemara and says, "Hetiv Rabbi Yosef bar Rabbi Bon." So he answered, "Vehataninan." Now, you have to add the word "Maarichin," "Neirachin," "Veorchin," which means we have, according to one opinion, the Goyim allowed to make their own erech. Now, "Lo lebedek habayit inun." Now hold it. According to the opinion that says a goy is allowed to make his eirich, mm-hmm. where was that eirich going to? Wasn't that going to the upkeep of the Beit Hamikdash? So hold it. Before you start asking a question from the case of Nisuk from the Nesachim, mm-hmm. you can ask another question from a Verush Mishnah that says that the goy gives his eirich. Now, why don't you ask the Shtakish of a Beferush Mishnah? Which means, you're asking a side question. If a boy didn't bring the Nezagin, he brings it. Hold it. I got a better question for you. How about the Mishnah that says that a goy has an Eirich? And if a goy has an Eirich, he's giving, let's say his value arbitrarily is 10 shekel. He's giving that 10 shekel to the Beit HaMikdash. Hold it. The Shtakish, how can he do that? Ella, what are you going to answer? Whatever we're going to answer for that Mishnah, I'll answer for the case of Nesachim. And what's the answer? So he says, Which means, just like I'm going to answer over there, When the guy gives his Eirech, the Goy, he's thinking it's going as a Korban. He doesn't think it's going to the treasury. So in his kabana, his mind is it's for the Mizbayah. Good, for the Mizbayah, we got no problem. Umelehen, him by him, they can buy it. By, on their own, they're going to end up in the treasury. But that was not his kabana. So the same thing over here. Ken at amar afacha. Soto will say over here, Lashamayim with Kavin. When he brings his Nesachim late, he thinks those Nesachim are going to be put on the Mizbayah. Umelehen, him by him, they can buy it. And they just go to the Mizbayah, buy it automatically by Force. The Gemara continues. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Patarla. You have to take out the words my Abadla. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Patarla. The Shtakish comes along and brings it ayat to Shita that we do not accept from Goim any sort of donation, even something that is not Misuyam. From a Pasuk in Azra. 
לא לכם ולנו לבנות בית לאלוהינו. אז הפסוק said in Isaiah, as I said, us and you, we cannot go partners to go build a structure for Hashem. So you see what? It sounds like from Isaiah, they weren't accepting anything from the Goyim. So, so therefore it's a proof to Rishlakish. Rabbi Haskia Amar, Rabbi Haskia said, Rabbi Simon Sha'al, Rabbi Simon had a safik. Ma'ata, according to this, that you're quoting me from a pasuk, that as last professor we cannot accept anything from the goyim, and mekabelim mehem, so therefore we cannot accept from the goyim, af le'amat even if they want to pay money, not for the Beit HaMikdash, even for the stream of water that used to run in Yerushalayim, ulchomot ha'ir, or let's say for the construction or the fortification of the walls of Yerushalayim, umigdeloteha. And it's uh, and it's uh, buildings. Why? Because <coughs> even though it's not considered better kabbat for the for the for the building of the Beit Hamikdash, it's for Yerushalayim. However, once the pasuk says we can't accept anything from them, so nothing, anything is including that. Al Shem, based on the pasuk in the Habya, velachem en helik utstaka bezikaron biRushalayim, which means the Guim cannot have a any remembrance. Or any uh, attachment to Yerushalayim. What you say to Yerushalayim, that includes anything to uh, the city of Yerushalayim. Now, we continue in the Gemara. Now, we learned in our Mishnah the subject of the Kalbon. So we learned the Mahlokit between Tanakama and Rabbi Meir when a person gives half a shekel straight. According to Tanakamai, you do not have to add the Kalbon, whereas according to the Bimi'ir, you do. So now the Gemara is going to analyze uh, the logic of the Bimi'ir. The Gemara says, My ta'ma de Bimi'ir. What is the reason? Where do we go? Okay. <laughs> so you have to really start off with my ta'mad rabimir. All this of elu hayabim bekelboh, kelboh, tani, and all that, that's in a parenthetical. So you have to leave that. And you also leave matnitad rabimir. You don't go to that. You go straight to my ta'mad rabimir. Again, we're following the girsav, the ga'om, the vilna. If you want to look at the ga'ot, gra, bet. Or Gimal actually, he tells us uh, to skip all that parentheses and just go and start my ta'ama dirabimi'ir. What is the reason of the bimi that says Yahayab on Kalbon for each Mahzita Shik? So the Gibra says Sabar Bimi'ir Hanoten Shiklo Shalem that if a person gives a full shekel for him and his friend, Shu Hayab Shte Kalbonot. He's going to be Hayav to Kalbonot. The Amar Bimi'ir. So Bimi'ir said, Keshem Sheshiklo Torah, Kach Kalbono Torah. The Bimi'ir was just like the law of Mahasita Shekel is a Torah law, so to the law of Kalbon is also a Torah law. Kasabar Bimi'ir Benoten. Shiklo Shalem Shuha Okay, that line is not in the Girsa. The Amara Bimiir Kimin Matbeya Shil Esh Hotsiya Kadosh Baruchu Mitahat Kisekevodo Viraule Moshe Vamar Lo Zeitenu Kaze 
Yitinu, which is Borei Olam, took out a fiery half shekel coin from under his kiseh kavod and showed it to Moshe, and he said Zayitinu. Whenever it says Zay, it's as if he's pointing. So he showed him the actual coin. Now. A fiery coin implies that it's pure silver without any impurities. And therefore, today the Bimi says when a person gives a half a shekel, you have to be concerned that it might be lacking from the shi'ud. It's not going to have the purity of the shekel shil'ish that was shown by Borei Olam to Moshe. So therefore you have to add a kalbon. But that's not a humrat. That is a deen of the Torah. So therefore, when a person, let's say, goes with his friend, and he gives a selah to the Beit HaMikdash, so it's missing two kalbonot. Each one has to pay a kalbon for the half a shekel that they are giving. Whereas Tanakama says no. That the Tanakama says that the half shekel uh, is, uh, is enough. You do not have to add a kalbon to it. And when two people come as partners to give a selah, so one kalbon is paid for the transaction. And the Gemara continues, Natan Selah Litol Shekel. And that was from the Mishnah. The fellow gave a Selah, and he took change of a Shekel. And when it says Selah in the Mishnah, Selah is worth two half Shekels. And when it says Shekel in the Mishnah, the Shekel is worth a half a Shekel of the times of the, uh, I mean, of the times of the, uh, of Moshe Rabbein, of the Torah. So therefore, again, he gave a Selah, and he took back a Shekel. Means he gave two half Shekels and got back a half a shekel change. So what did the Mishnah say? Chayav shne kolbonot. So the Mishnah said he's chayav two kolbonot. Amar Rabbi Elazar. So Rabbi Elazar says, who is this going like? So he says, the Rabbi Meiri. This is going like Rabbi Meir. Meaning the Rabbi Meir that said when a person gives a full selah that he has to pay two kolbonot because for each half shekel you have to pay a uh, a uh, kalbon, so too this is the same shita, the tanya, because we learned in the Braita, elu hayabin be kalbon, kalbon ehad, that's quite a hakamim, with a bimir amar, shne kolbanot. Now, that text over there. They take out. So take out that whole area from the Rabbi Meir all the way to the end of the Netanya. Ehad shekel ten ve'ehad Torah. Which means now we're going to explain why the Meir holds that you have to give two kalbonot in this transaction. So the Gebra says, Ehad shekel ten ve'ehad Torah. Which means, since he didn't give a half a shekel coin, he gave a selah. So you have to pay for the transaction of the Selah, and then you have to pay an added Kalbon for the Torah's uh, obligation of Kalbon. Which is this guy over here, he didn't just give a half a shekel. He gave the money changer a Selah. Now automatically there's a transaction fee. Because now already he has to change the Selah into a half. So that's already you got to add a Kalbon for the exchange. And then you got to add another kalbon, because the Torah says when you give half a shekel, you got to pay extra kalbon, so it's pure. So that's following the shita of the Bimir. So means the Bimir agrees to the fact there is a transaction over here. But in this case over here, you're going to have to pay the, the, the two. Now, comes the Gemaran says, Umor Rav, okay, lo garsinan, Rav Amar, Rav said, Devrea kolhi. 
that this is going to everybody. That when a person gives a selah and takes back half, everybody, even the rabbis hold, he has to give two kalbonot. Why? Okay, leave that. Which means, you got to give two kotakamim for the in and for the out. Meaning, when he gave the selah, so that because he didn't give a half a shekel coin, if you give the half a shekel coin, according to the rabbis, you put two from Kalbon. But now that you gave a selah coin, so now already we charge you for not giving the regular coin, and now that they make, they give him back a half a shekel. Now since the, the, the he got an add an extra Kalbon to the half a shekel, because the price is a little higher. So therefore he has to pay the, uh, yes, he gave a selah. We said the half a shekel goes a little more. Right, because they were in the need. So therefore, he's going to have to pay an extra kalbon when he gets the half a shekel change to cover that difference. Okay, so that can be according to the shita of the hachemi. So let's just review. Because we have a mahloket tanaim to interpret that line of the Mishnah. That when you give a selah and you get back half a shekel, you pay two kalbons. Who's that like? So one shita says, it's like Rabbi Meir. Because the Bimir says you always got to pay the Kalbon in the Torah, and then you got to pay the Kalbon as well Amen. for the uh, transaction. That's two Kalbonot. Okay. The other rabbi says, no, keep even going like the rabbis. No. The rabbis will tell you you have to pay two Kalbonot over here. No. Kalbon number one, because you gave the guy a selah, and he has to make the change. Change that's the transaction. Plus, when he gives you back a half a shekel, so you're getting back a half a shekel, you gave a selah. So therefore, do more that shekel. Right. Half a shekel, so you have to pay back a added kalbon. So comes Gemara says, wait. According to this, yeah. Gemara says, al de rav. According to the opinion of Rav, that says that the rabbis are saying it's two kalbonot, shalosh kalbonot inun. According to the Bimir, it's got to be three kalbonot because you have to pay the two transactions plus the one medoraita. So therefore, comes out it's three kalbonot. So the Gemara says. The Bin came along and said, in the name of Rabbi Shemuel, says, You're right. According to this, you have to say the Bimir will say you have to add three kalbonot. Ehad shekel shunotel, ve'ehad shekel shunotel, ve'ehad ledvere Torah. One for the one he gave, one for the one he gets back, and one for the Torah. The Gemara continues from a quote of our Mishnah. We learned in the Mishnah that said that if the brothers are partners, <coughs> so as long as they're partners, they're hayab and kalbon, but partners are exempt from the law of ma'asir behemah. However, when they're going to be hayab and ma'asir behemah, that means they were not partners, so then they're going to be patur from kalbon. The Gemara is going to explain this now. Now one rule going in, you have to know that the Torah that obligates ma'asir behemah for a farmer to, let's say, take... Uh, every tenth animal to Yerushalayim, bring part of it on the Mizbeah, then eat the rest of it in Yerushalayim, that's only talking about on personal korbanot that he owns. However, if there's a partnership on the animal, then already there is no deen of ma'asir behema. So the Gemara explains them. The case where the brothers are partners. That we say the Hayav in Kalbon, but the Patmasir it's where they divided the father's assets. I mean, they got a will. Let's say there was animals in this uh, will, and they divided it equally amongst them, and then Hazru and then after they 
each one divided his own personal, uh, what it was bequeathed to him, then they went partners with each other. So now once you go partners, the hayuv of ba'asir be'imah is off. However, the hayuv of kalbon is there, meaning it's no different than two people that take a selah as partners, and they go to the Beit HaMikdash and they pay a selah. What did the Mishnah say? That they have to pay the kalbon for the transaction. So that's that case. Now, the other case of the Mishnah, Shehayavim b'ma'asir b'ma'u fturim in a kalbon, a case where it will be patur for ma'asir b'ma'u, but hayav in kalbon, fturim in kalbon, when they're not divided, meaning the father bequeathed it to them, but they did not yet take it yet. So since they didn't take it yet, they didn't divide it amongst themselves yet. So the deen is going to be they're going to be hayav and ma'asir because there's, a, there's no partnership over here. Jeez, each part of these animals belongs to one of the brothers. There's no partnership. However, there'll be patur from kalbon. Why? Because it's still considered the fathers till they divided amongst themselves, Let's and we consider it as if the father's paying for the children. And we learned the law in the Mishnah that said if somebody pays the magasit and shikah for somebody else, they do not charge him the kalbon. Once the Gemara continues, Amar Rabbi Leazar, Rabbi Leazar says that which the Mishnah said when they made a partnership, the brothers. They're going to be patur from ma'asir behemah. What was that talking about? What is the case? He says, Ve'en shehilleku gedayim keneged tiyashim, ut yashim keneged gedayim. This is talking about where they did not split the animals equally according to species. Meaning, let's say the father left ten goats and ten rams. So they didn't split it up where each one took five goats and five rams. But the case is talking about where they assessed the value of the animals. And then, let's say one took all the rams and one took all the goats, but they assessed it according that each one will take the same monetary amount. Now, oh, so in this case over here... Then they went partners subsequently. So in that case, according to the Bi'l-Azar, the brothers are going to be patur from Ma'asir Behemah. Why? Because we look at the splitting of this will over here as a transaction amongst the brothers. Because it's as if each brother is purchasing the shares that belong to the other brother. Because they're not dividing it by species, and therefore they have to make a value evaluation of what each animal is worth. Mm-hmm. And then they have to divide the animals accordingly. So that's as if I'm selling you my two shares in that animal to take the shares in this animal that you own, so it's a purchase. Now the rule is, any animal that is purchased is patur from ma'asir behemah. They learn that from pesukim. Good. So when that happens, the animals that are in existence are patur from ma'asir. Now subsequently the Mishnah says they made a partnership. And when the brothers make a partnership, the deen is that any animal that's owned by partners is also going to be patur from ma'asir behemah. Now this will affect the animals that are born Afterwards, any animal that's born now is born into a partnership. And therefore, when the Mishnah says that the Achim that made a shutafura patur from ma'asir behemah, it's talking about where they divided the will according to not the species of the animals, but according to the value. However, avalim chaleku, gedayim keneged gedayim. Which is that they did not have to make evaluation. They just split it down the line. Each one took 
half uh, of the animals. There was ten rams, one brother took five rams, the other one took five. When it came to the goats, he took five and he took five. So then already, who chelko mishari shona? Ibn Azar tells us we consider it that that was his halik from the first moment. Meaning, there's a concept called Berira. Berira tells us that things that were done in the present, we consider them as if they were already done in retroactively in the past. Meaning, when one of the brothers takes those five rams, we consider that those were the five rams that were destined for him to get at the time of the Yerusha. And therefore, it's not considered like a transaction. It's considered as what? This is my Personal. real Yerusha that was coming to me from the moment that the father died. And the other brother says the same thing. Now, since it's not a transaction, it's a Yerusha, well, at that point, everybody's hayav in ma'asir behema. Furthermore, when they come along now and make a partnership, that partnership is not considered a partnership because the original Yerusha was never dissolved. And therefore, things that were born afterwards are going to be considered born to each one individually, and therefore there's still going to be hayuv on ma'asir behema. That's the way Rav Le'azar understands the Mishnah. That the only time there's going to be a p'tur is if the brothers split the assets, not according to species, but according to value. And then they made a partnership. However, the Gemara says, Amar Abu Hanan, Afilu chileku gedayim keneged gedayim utyashim, neged teyashim, Rabbi Hanan holds that there is no principle of Berera. We don't go with this retroactive uh, business. And therefore, when the, even when the brother is going to split up the assets equally, meaning he takes five rams and he takes five rams, we don't say that that was the original items that were owned by the brothers immediately after the fathers, as we say. No. Even that's considered like a transaction. Which means... Nothing is is designated to anybody. Once he chooses this, it is, I'm taking my share, and now I have to give you another share uh, against it in order to to make it equal. So therefore, that's all considered, even in that case over there, likuhot purchasing. Oh, so if that's even that case is considered purchasing. So therefore, I'm patur for maaser on that stuff, and once they make a Transact uh, a partnership. It's not considered that the will is still intact, no. because the will was not intact once already they divided the things even down the line, and therefore they be patur for ma'asid even on the stuff that's born and the animals that are born afterward. Means according to the Yohanan, he learns the Mishnah in all cases, no matter how they split up the assets of the animals, they're always going to be patur for ma'asid when they subsequently made a partnership. And to that, the Gemara concludes and says, Like we learned over there in Mishnah Bechorot, Halakuah. That's somebody that bought a herd of animals, or he received a flock of animals as a gift, patur ma'asid behemah. Why? Because the Hayyub Ma'asid is only on animals that were born to him in his flock. And since these brothers over here are considered transacting and buying, because that's the way they divided up the, uh, the estate, that's considered transacting, so therefore it's going to be patur, and the partnership will also protect them from the things that are born afterwards. Baruch Adonai Amen.